Amazon Books, your weekly program about great reads through book talks, trailers, and first chapters. Presented by Mrs. Winningham and Mrs. Kovach. Hi, this is Mrs. Brown, 7th grade language arts. Today I'll be reading to you the first chapter from Notorious RBG, The Life and Times of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Let's check out the back of the book first. Her friends in Brooklyn called the shy girl Kiki. These days, fans call the feminist legend and Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg Notorious RBG. This is the extraordinary story of Ginsburg's transformation from quiet, devoted student to legal trailblazer. And now, in her 80s, an outspoken civil rights icon. The young reader's edition of Iron Carmen and Shana Kinsinski's New York Times bestseller brings the witty and entertaining mashup of pop culture, biography, and civics to tweens. Chapter number one, a supreme inspiration. Sometimes a necklace is more than just a necklace. If your Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg of the United States Supreme Court someone who has a lot to say, even what you wear around your neck sends a message. When it's the end of June and everyone is breathlessly waiting for the Supreme Court to hand down its most important decisions, those lacy or sparkly collars over her black robe, called jabots, are a clue to what's about to happen. On June 25th, 2013, Justice Ginsburg, nicknamed RBG, took her seat on the curved Supreme Court bench wearing a spiky jabot with scalloped glass beads. It's a necklace she only brings out when she has to. And that day, her message was loud and clear. I dissent. The mouth of the Supreme Court is pretty simple. Nine. That's how many justices there usually are. Picked by a president to serve for life for as long as the justice wants. Four. That's how many justices have to agree to take a case. Since they get asked to decide thousands of disputes and can take fewer than 100. Five. That's how many justices need to agree on a result. And then at least one of the majority needs to explain in writing why. After all, they say what the law means for the entire country and everyone, including the president, Congress, and judges across America is supposed to follow. But let's say one of the justices thinks the five or more in the majority are wrong. She or he doesn't have to clam up and take it. That's when she can publicly push back in a written dissent to tell the world how she thinks the case should have gone. And if she feels particularly salty, the justice can sit in the courtroom when the majority announces its opinion and tell the world exactly how she feels. The Supreme Court is a pretty polite place, so it doesn't happen a lot. RBG was feeling particularly salty that week. After 20 years as a Supreme Court justice, the 80-year-old was about to break a record by dissenting from the bench, publicly and verbally demanding her colleagues and the world listen to her protest. That's how bad she believed matters had gotten. That day, five justices, led by Chief Justice John Roberts, had decided the country no longer needed an important part of a law known as the Voting Rights Act. The law, first passed by Congress in 1965, acknowledged an ugly truth. State governments, which create many voting rules, had been coming up with all kinds of ways to block African Americans from voting. Thanks to the Voting Rights Act, states that had a track record of discrimination had to ask the federal government for permission to change their voting laws so the government could decide whether those laws hurt historically oppressed people. But no more. 
Any racial discrimination in voting is too much, Roberts declared that morning. But our country has changed in the last 50 years. He pointed out that America had elected the first black president in 2008. Roberts said in his piece, then added evenly, Justice Ginsburg has filed a dissenting opinion. A woman who defies stereotypes, RBG has survived sorrows and setbacks, always beating the strong odds against her. Fierce and knowing, she did not mess around. And you don't want to mess with her. But even after she spent years as one of the most important judges in the country, some people assume that they can count her out because she is small and delicate and has survived cancer twice. But on that morning, there was no mistaking her passion. At stake, RBG told the courtroom was, what was once the subject of a dream, the equal citizenship stature in, of all of our polity, a voice to every voter in our democracy, undiluted by race. It was an obvious reference to Martin Luther King Jr.'s famous, I have a dream speech. But the phrase equal citizenship stature, meaning everyone is treated equally under the law, had special meaning to RBG in particular. 40 years ago, she had stood before this very bench as a young lawyer before nine male justices and forced them to see that women were people too in the eyes of the Constitution, that women, along with men, deserved equality to stand with the rights and responsibilities that being a citizen meant. As part of a global movement for women's rights, RBG had gone from facing closed doors to winning five out of six of the women's rights cases she argued before the Supreme Court. No one, not the firms and judges that had refused to hire her because she was a young mother, not the bosses who had paid her less for being a woman had ever expected her to be sitting up there at the court. At nearly 10.30 a.m. that day in June, RBG quoted Martin Luther King Jr. directly. The arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice, she said. But then she added in her own words, if there is a steadfast commitment to see the task through to completion, not exactly poetry, but pure RBG, she's always been steadfast. And when the work is justice, she has every intention to see it to the end. In her written dissent, RBG had a snappy way of explaining what made no sense about the majority's opinion. They were killing the Voting Rights Act because it had worked too well. That, she wrote, was like throwing away your umbrella in a rainstorm because you're not getting wet. Although three of her colleagues agreed with her, she couldn't get one more to make a majority. But all was not lost because the country was listening and they were inspired. In Washington, D.C., two friends, Emmental Sao and Frank Chi, plastered the city with stickers of RBG's image giving the justice an illustrated crown inspired by the artist Jean-Michel Bistit in a caption, can't spell truth without Ruth. In Cambridge, Massachusetts, 26-year-old law student Haley jo po J. Pope started drawing comics of RBG, made an I Heart RBG shirt, and donated the proceeds to a voting rights organization. And in New York, 24-year-old NYU law student Shanna Kinsick, one of the authors of this book, was aghast at the gutting of the voting rights. She tried to look on the bright side. At least Justice Ginsburg was speaking up. On Facebook, Shana's friend gave the justice a nickname, Notorious RBG, inspired. Shana took to Tumblr to create a tribute. It started as kind of a joke. The reference to the 300 pound deceased rapper Notorious B.I.G. after all. What did an 80 year old Jewish lady have in common with a 90s gangster rapper? But there were similarities. Jewish lady, or 
They were both from Brooklyn, and like her namesake, B.I.G., this jurist who demanded patience as she spoke could also pack a verbal punch. You could say the notorious RBG meme took off from there. RBG, already a hero to people who knew the law and women's rights, was suddenly being celebrated in all kinds of places you don't usually hear about the Supreme Court. She was on mugs and even tattoos. For the record, the tattoos kind of freak her out. She's still a Jewish grandma. Her family, while amused, was also a little surprised at this late in life turn to mega fame. I would not have thought of her as hip, says her son, James. Why now? Well, RBG's position on the court had changed. She had more seniority, meaning she had been on the court longer and had more power to shape how decisions turned out. At the same time, she found herself outnumbered as new justices pulled the court in a more conservative direction. In decisions, that gave more political power to the wealthy and made it harder for people who were discriminated against to see justice, to name just a few. RBG had been dissenting more than ever. Can you believe this firebrand once had a reputation for being shy and trying to make things work? And yet, even when she chose to use her voice more softly, RBG had never been one to shrink from a challenge. People who think she is hanging on to this world by a thread underestimate her. RBG's main concession to hitting her late 70s was to give up water skiing. But don't worry, she's still keeping herself in fighting shape. In late November 2014, RBG felt a little faint during a workout session with her regular personal trainer and had to have heart surgery. Still, she had court arguments to attend and plans to keep. I would be glad to greet the clever creators of the notorious RBG in Chambers, she had written to them. Chambers is what justices call their offices. So on a December morning, RBG stood, flanked by her clerks, ready to greet the creators of Notorious RBG and can't spell truth without Ruth. Her slender wrist was still slightly bruised from the surgical procedure. Her guests asked her what message she had for all the young people who admired her. RBG paused to think it over. You can tell them, she replied. I'll be back down doing push-ups next week. Okay, if you'd like to continue reading more about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you can continue in this book on page number eight.